Welcome to driving to the race with Larry and Amelia. <laughs> and here we are, back in the truck, driving to the race. We, we have do. a cup who's been following us for about half an hour now. Yep, and we're not afraid of them. We have white privilege. <laughs> white privilege, yes. yes we <laughs> Although we're stopped. We were stopped once, and the cops said, we're trying to get you people to slow down. <laughs> and I said, excuse me, did you, you just people? call us you people? What do you mean? <laughs> you Indians. <laughs> and I said, did you just say that? He said, no, 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 I did not say that. I did not racial profile you. I'm, I did not racial profile you. But you people need to slow down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think our feathers gave us away, man. Yeah. Now we have, have crystals. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they can tell that we were Indians. Well, you look Indian, honey. And I am Indian. <laughs> you are Indian, I look it. <laughs> I am Indian too, excuse me very much. Oh, I didn't say you weren't. I said you look it. <laughs> yes, I do. I do my best. You're more Indian than me. Yes, I'm definitely more Indian than you. Genetically, not necessarily culturally, but genetically for sure. Yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh, and I definitely got my card and you don't. I don't have my card. I could get one but it doesn't mean anything here in the States. I can get my Mapuche card from Chile. I, I checked it out. If you're Chilean, you can get your Mapuche card well, if you wanna, if you want it. I think you should get it. You have to identify which tribe you're in. And well, I don't, can't pronounce the name of mine, but it's in the south of Chile, in, near Osorno, so there. Well, we can put our camper on the back of our truck. I think that we can somehow get our truck across the Panama Canal and just no, drive our butt unfortunately, down unfortunately, there's an area in Central America, or maybe the top of South America, that you cannot go across. So you can't actually take a car across and drive it all the way. Okay, well, we can um, go to somewhere in the middle of South, whatever, whatever place you have where the road starts. Um, I saw a YouTube <laughs> channel. These boys went down there and they bought... Honda 50 motorcycles or something like that uh -huh. in the oh grocery my God. store. Did you know that my very first motorbike when I was 16 years old in England was a Honda 50cc? I guess I did. It's a, it's a, it was a racing one too. It's nice. I guess I did on the psychic way. Remember and my second one was a 100cc when I turned 17. And our uh, first albums was the same one both of us oh my god the first album record player the record no the record that we bought first album album that we both bought as was kids the wall the wall by pink floyd yes i bought mine on cd though that should tell oh, you how it? long it took for me to actually buy it oh my god really no i got the the long play i thought they, when i was they call them long play honey not albums okay well whatever lp I thought music was bad because I was a nerd and I only did one thing, which was study. I was a nerd and I studied, but I, I wrote music and I never went to school. Yeah, well, you were trained in music when you were young. Yes, I was a musician. I wasn't. But we still bought the same first album. I know, isn't that amazing? Yep, that's amazing. Yeah, totally amazing. So I also psychically figured something else out the other day, remember? Uh, what, what was it? was it? <laughs> <laughs> what was oh, it? Oh man, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, it was really now. interesting. It was really interesting. interesting. I thought something and you said it. 
And it was totally off the wall. On the roof. Totally. On the roof, yes. Where shall we put the tub? tub the bathtub. And Which? I said... The roof. On the roof. And that's exactly where I was going to put it. Who puts the bathtub on the roof? I was thinking <laughs> we should put this t- bathtub in the roof. So you have great views when you're having the tub. And then... <laughs> I was not thinking that. I was saying... That's the most unlikeliest place I could think. But the roof. That's what I thought. Let's put it on the roof. And I thought, what? what? I can't believe you just said that. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking we should put this on the roof. Because then we'll have great views from there when we're having the tub. So I do believe sometime in the not-so-distant future we'll have a roof and a tub on it. <laughs> Probably. That'll be fun. Speaking, anyway, of we tubs on, have... speaking of tubs on the roof. Okay. We had a topic that we were interested in talking about. Yeah, what was it? The origins of <gasps> the humans. human race. Yeah, origins. Why are humans. Origins. So, I mean, you, you plop you, whoever you are, in the I've middle been writing. Of, I've been writing. Yeah. About the origin of the human race since I was fourteen years old. Oh, really? Yes. And which book is that? Oh, it never got published. <sighs> but I do have the first chapter. My brother found it in some box from my mum's house and he sent me the first chapter he couldn't find the rest of the book but he found the first chapter so I'm going to write it again obviously Um, I remember what the story how how it goes we can think of it as the second or maybe tenth no it was probably the second or third um, draft so yes I've been talking about the uh, origin of the human race since I was 14 years old putting it into uh, so-called novels and uh, science fiction, <laughs> but actually it's you never very, let, very accurate. You never let the fiction get in the way of the fact. No, I don't let that happen. But you do allow the fiction to tell the story. Yes, I do. So, yes, as you were saying, if you put a human being in the middle of anywhere on Earth with no cell phone, no clothes, no people around them, they're going to die. <laughs> There's a few outliers, you know, who have a a serious amount of training. Yes, but the regular person, yeah, in the middle of the woods, desert, Antarctica, wherever, man, a mountain, beach, doesn't matter. If they don't get some help pretty soon, they're probably going to die. Yeah, very likely. But if you put... um, A dog. Or you put... A cat. Brad, literally, if we just never ever went home... Brad would be perfectly fine. Brad is our cat. He's our cat. He would be just as fat and yep. happy uh-huh. and have figured out a way to get in and out of the house. He probably would figure out how to let himself out eventually, right? Yes, he would. He'd figure yeah. it out. Yeah, yep. it would have no problem. Not at all. So that tells you one thing. Either um, we've evolved to the point where we can't survive on our own planet or... We might not originally. come from this planet. Yeah. <laughs> We're the only animals who have to wear clothes because it's too cold, too hot, <laughs> too wet, too dry. <laughs> to everything. To you can't everything. go out in the sun. Uh-huh. The sun will burn you to death. Can't go out in the cold. Freeze to death. Back in the day, you know, they still wore skins. They still made clothes out of cedars, but. Yep. And whatever hides, things like that, because it should tell you something there, right there. We can't even exist unless you 
put somebody else's skin fur on, on you. Yeah, it's really another person's skin on you. <laughs> you can live. So, Bear skin, wolf skin, sheep. Is there any know. other beast on the planet that requires that? somebody else's skin in order no. to survive? <laughs> Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but not every... Wait, 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 wait. I did think of one. Okay, what? The crabs. The little crabs, they take oh, the shells. crabs. Yes, they take the shells from other creatures. Yes, they do. Discarded shells. Yes. They take discarded shells. They do. They take discarded shells. Not many wait. animals discard their skin for us because snake skins shed it don't seem to do the trick. Uh-huh. But yeah, I get the point. Which does lead to the next question, which would be, are Maybe all those animals are from here? related to crabs. Hermit crabs? Yeah. Okay, maybe. <laughs> are all animals from here? No. Well, no. Why are we the only ones that can't survive here? Not all animals are from here. I suppose the aboriginals in Australia, they manage, right? I don't know, not anymore, but maybe at some maybe point in the, in the past they did. I mean, you can say it, but they, yeah, you can but say it. it's not the same as thriving. It's just exactly. it's existing at a, and at a level of, I mean, for them... You can Perfectly think about fine. you can think about people in the jungles of Brazil. They still don't have houses and stuff, but they still need. They they don't. Yeah, they don't thrive. They don't become take over Brazil. Right. Um, they do wear some type of stuff. Uh, stuff sometimes, not always. Uh, but yeah, so. So with, put them in some... somewhere else on the planet and they'll die. Oh yeah, good point. If you take so, those ones and stick them in the desert. That's what I was going to say about animals, yeah. you know. It's like if you put a polar bear in the desert, sure he's going to die. Yep, that's a good point. So the animals were brought here and placed in specific locations that where they will thrive. Or maybe they were put everywhere and then they only survived. They only survived in the places where they didn't die? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, roundabout anyway. Humans aren't exactly indigenous to the planet. This no, human sapiens, sapiens stuff. Yes. The body that you exist in right now. Mm-hmm. There are other ones that maybe were more suited or not. I don't know, they all died off, so maybe not. Huh? Right, right. Well, Sasquatch, they're still around. Yeah. And they don't. They have their own fur. Yeah. They don't need clothes or tools or anything. And they live in just about... Lots of different climates around the oh, world. Oh yeah, mountaintops to deserts yeah. to Ohio to yeah. But they're not human. They're no, not they're human. Not human they're beings. humanoid, but they're not human. True. True. So, tell us about the origins of humans then. Uh, so, first of all, one thing to take into consideration and this is something I'm talking the Earth Files and also The Return, both novels, is that Earth is not the only place where humans live. So humans have colonized and have lived and still live in thousands and thousands and thousands of planets around the universe. They're very prolific. Yeah, probably. Probably millions. Probably millions, yeah. Undoubtedly they're very prolific millions. and they're very united and they're very high frequency. So, the reason why we think we are unique and alone is because of the 
experiment in separation called the upside down paradigm. <laughs> Part like dark paradigm. Like dark paradigm. The ultimate experience of separation. Yes, come here. Yes. So and separate you don't even think there are anybody else. Uh-huh. So some people wanted to experience it, see what it was like. Well, and that, they that was the us, right? Yeah, that's us. We're here. Uh-huh. We're here. You're here too. Uh-huh. So well, my experience of separation is not the same as yours. Well, I'm not saying you. I meant those people listening. Oh, okay. I know, you're not. You're a wild card, babe. You didn't <laughs> come like here to experience separation. <laughs> you didn't come here for a journey of anything. I haven't felt separation in my entire life, actually. It's like everybody on the planet's in my head all the time. What can I say? <laughs> yes. Yes. I remember when I was little and this guy came into the to see us. And uh, he came into the living room and he was talking to my mom and I was looking into his fear and everything. He was hearing and feeling and whatever. So my mom looks at me and she shouts, Stop reading that man's thoughts. Don't look at that man's mind. Stop, stop it, stop it. She said it out loud and he was like, Woo! <laughs> because of, obviously there were things that he was thinking about my mom. Oh, true. And um, as a young, tiny little four-year-old, I shouldn't be aware of those thoughts, right? But for me, it was like Tuesday because every single adult on the planet was thinking those thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know there was anything different or separate or whatever or wrong with it. Everybody has that thought. Yeah, everybody has. All the adults on the planet have those thoughts all the time. So anyways, uh, not exactly separation for me. I've tried it. I've tried to separate as much as I could. I <laughs> failed miserably at it. But yeah, everybody else that I know definitely has an illusion of separation going on but apart from that and the level of death you know the, the, the how fast the physical bodies die here yeah that's you get reborn point. over and over again that's pre- pretty unique keep keeping them not no adults mm-hmm. all children Making them yeah they're all infantile humans here on this planet so that's pretty unique that's pretty unusual and um but yeah, so the origin of the human species is not this planet and it's lost within time space really because humans are everywhere in the universe as are other humanoid species and one has to think of that level of the origin of the humanoid, okay, the origin of the humanoid species where it, because they all have the same origin otherwise they wouldn't look the same, right? And they do, the one head, two arms, two legs. <laughs> two eyes, two ears, yeah, opposable thumbs. So, yeah, the origin of the humanoid species. And what makes a human human is the joining of a soul and a humanoid body that makes a human being. And um, this planet was marked for soul colonization. <laughs> yes. And um, it's pretty much taken over by soul beings in human bodies. So, not to say that others, humanoids, or other humans, don't have souls. They do. Uh, but they don't have the rest of the things, like the illusion of separation and that type of thing. So, humans on Earth, where did they um, come from? Are they so, all from the same place? Because no, they all look. No. I mean, 
They're not from Honestly, the same planet. Honestly, we started out with the racial. Was it racial profiling? We yes, started? we started with racial profiling. So people do look different. They Just do. saying. They do They're genetically seem different. To, um, prefer certain climates. Uh-huh. And I noticed even foods, some people whose bodies are not necessarily matching all their other bodies they still prefer that climate like mm-hmm. they must have just had a previous life there or something right but also their preferences or for so- food and everything Foods, is different right the spices yeah. what makes they thrive with different good. things yeah have you noticed that yes when some people finally get a taste of their food whatever that food is even if they've never been exposed to that just the first time they get it, they're like oh my god I've been looking for this my entire life this taste this flavor this mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it must have been my physical body must have been Italian at some point then. Yeah, she really loves her spaghetti. <laughs> Artichokes and spaghetti, man. That's it. I Talk can live on that. If you ever ask her what do you want for dinner, the answer so is always the same. Spaghetti or artichoke. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Anyways, humans. So did all humans come from the same place at the same time or did they get no. popped on the planet in different places at different uh-huh. times? Uh-huh. And sometimes taken back to and sometimes picked up again and then brought uh-huh. back again to get uh-huh. readjusted. Uh-huh. And, uh, cool. Same one group of humanoids bringing them or different groups bringing different groups? Yeah, so different types, different human colonies and different planets have brought their people here to have experiences of separation. Oh. They also all volunteer, by the way. Oh, absolutely. And um, it's dropped off on Earth because yeah. they don't want to be here. But also, this is a planet with a great opportunity for different humans from different planets to co-mingle and to see what happens, right? So if you want to join a collective of a different collective of humans, here's yes. a place to have an experience of that, uh-huh. because it's not a monoculture of humans. Exactly. That's why inevitably we tend to travel all around the planet. We tend to marry people of different races and we tend to have children who are have many, many races nowadays in their DNA. It's quite quite an interesting experience of separation bringing about unification. Mm -hmm. At least at a genetic level. Oh, yeah, at a genetic level. Brilliant, really. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Seems like a trick. Yes. (laughs) So multiple humanoid races of non-terrestrials brought multiple examples of their human to the planet at multiple times. Yes. And, um... When I was um, reading, I was reading this book, but uh, read a book called Alteringa. Have you heard that word before? Yes, Alteringa is about some kind of stone. Yes, and yes. Yeah, so this people, I think they they said they were from the Pleiades, and they had in a ship that was multidimensional or something and crushed crystal, it. crystal, ship. crystal ship, and they were when they came here, they got shot down. Yeah, because Even they told there was the, going to be a colony here or something. Because a prior group of people who came to the planet and enslaved the planet's population was told that they couldn't do that anymore, and they were kind of like the going to come here and, and not enforce, but um, bolster the planet in some way. I think it was. I might have got the story a little bit confused, but basically, a mothership from the Pleiades came with a whole bunch of settlers to come settle the place. And uh, maybe help train the population how to regain their power after being through so long of enslavement or something. Something like that. And the, um, the beings that were here already, most of them left, but some went underground to hide. They want to come out later and take over again, probably. Mm. 
So something like the Lyrans came to help enforce the edict like that because when the Pleiadian ship showed up the guys that were left here melted it in space blew it up yeah. and all of the Pleiadian most of them died but a few of them survived in their um, drop ships yeah. came down to the planet and Australia in Australia yeah. and all of the rest of the ship um, melted in space and dropped down onto the ground as tectites are melted glass from space with bubbles in them that are perfect spheres that could only form in hard hard, hard um, vacuum. vacuum, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the ship was so far up that it spread across 30% of the planet, this tectites. Mm-hmm. And they call it Australia, Australiaites, something like that. And these were the Palladian ones. And that was 780,000 years ago. And the Leons, Leonites came to... Um, Lyrans came to um, root out the underground baddie guys and they had they used asteroids to destroy their spots oh. and at that same period of time 750,000 780,000 years ago somewhere in that neighborhood asteroids hit the planet from different directions which doesn't happen That's apparently and they were different origin of asteroids they weren't from the same place the Lyrans gather space objects redirect them to bombard the planet. Wow. And that all happened in 750,000 to 780,000 years ago. And that group of uh, Pleiadians were not very well suited to the planet. So they did a little bit of genetic engineering on the existing hominins to create a more suitable body for the Pleiadian souls and the Pleiadians and the humans and sort of bring them up or something like that. Might have got this story a little wrong. But essentially somewhere around 800,000 years ago to 750,000 years ago, that group of people came. Right. And the evidence to prove it is there. And all of the evidence in the gene is there where they splice the genes and uh-huh. things like that. Yeah. So as Bruce Fenton and his wife Diana, they wrote a couple of books about that. Oh, true origin of humans. Oh yeah, so there's a lot of people who've written about that, haven't they? They have. They gathered, they organized, they met each other. Right, yeah. right, right. They've learned about each other's stories and they've written about it from yeah. their different perspectives because all these people have started to get have memories of that lifetime as Palladians who arrived on Earth and yeah. also the colonists here. By the way, Palladians like Subarus, you told me. Yes. <laughs> I actually read that somewhere. They like... Subarus and tapioca. Tapioca. Yes. Oh my gosh. So if you like Subarus and tapioca, then you're, you're Palladian. Probably Palladian. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I think it's great. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so when we were listening, because I read the story to you a little bit at night when we go to bed, one of the things that was interesting, and I noticed there was a very big gap in the story, is the um. um recognition of the soul body and the physical body and the origin of the soul body isn't really talked about it's just the physical body stuff that's very true the fact that the soul body is even a part of and a component of isn't really um, explained Mm. it's almost like that's part of the uh, separation game is not knowing that part I don't know Right. so the, the part of human bodies the ones that we're currently running around in 
were GMO'd by Pleiadians 800,000 years ago. It totally ignores <laughs> the part about, you know, what about the soul bodies? Why are why you need a special GMO body to work in it or what? What's going on with all that tweaked? There's like a gap of knowledge. There's a gap. There's a missing missing piece. There's a missing link. <laughs> a missing piece. Yes, missing link. Yeah. Can you help fill it in a little bit? Well, we talked about. We have to talk about the origin of the human needs and also the human person who is a physical body and a soul combined. And then the story gets much larger because it goes beyond this planet. And it goes beyond the uni- the physical universe. Because souls are not original beings from this physical universe. That's why we need to join with a physical body to have an experience here. Aha! Okay, so the origin comes from outside of our physical universe. It's sort of an extra dimensional experience. Yes, right? dimensional experience. Aha, that's the one thing you remember. I remember, I think it was in The Return. Yeah. Talked about the fact that the another group of humanoids who at one point in time fiddled with the humans on the planet or put ones there or created some in a nice little petri dish the uh, Anunnaki's had no concept of the soul part or the multidimensional part right? Right. So they, they don't were believe it. Yeah. They don't believe it. It's made up. Because they don't have it. So they just the physical body sentency. Right. So the all the the uh, multi-dimensional nature of DNA was a component of the DNA they had no idea what's happening because you can't see it, touch it, measure it. Right. And the souls are from a multi or a higher dimensional space. Uh-huh. And the DNA at the multi-dimensional level and the souls at a multi-dimensional level, how is that like? How did it manage to be like Anunnaki's uh, did this and that and that happened to make a place where the souls can go in or what? <laughs> what do you mean a place where souls can go in? <laughs> just, like, I'm trying Inside to figure the body? Out, I guess so. How does, I mean, well, the souls were wandering way, around honey. being a soul. No, 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 wait, wait. They're think just of, running think, around being... Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Out of time, out of space. Wait, wait, Going everywhere. I'm blue. Okay, I'm over here blue. Okay, tell me. No. I'm waiting. No, I'm not going to tell you now. You have to tell everyone else and I'll close my ears. Okay. <laughs> Tell okay, so okay. you're obsessed about how did you get a soul into a body, right? Yes. And how does it stay And how well, do the here's the thing. We can make are, you li- are you listening? I'm listening. Are you listening? Because this is important. Shut. Yes. That includes the everyone soul else. is not in the body. The body is in the soul. Wow. Ta-da! I guess I gotta let that sink in for a little while. <laughs> yes. Mind blown. <laughs> I promise you, tomorrow you will not remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do, tell me on Walk With Me Now. I will remember it. Not you. Not me. Everyone that's listening. <laughs> okay, 24 hours after you've listened to this. Go to Walk With Me Now on the thread that's going to be the new podcast and say, yes, Larry, I remember. Okay. Because I don't think you will. Okay. The body's in the soul? <laughs> yes. So... 
How do you get a body into a soul? Is the actual question. That's a much different question. Yes. Because,、uh, you know, as a body centric individual at the moment, you always think something else is in you because it's animating you in whatever way. At least that's how I conceive of it. But the other way around, the body's in the soul.、Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine it. It's like. A fish trying to describe water. <laughs> But water trying to describe fish. Yes, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, water, the fish is saying, The water's in me. How did the water get inside of me? No, no. You're inside the water, fish. You're inside the water. <laughs> so the soul containers might be an interesting、um, concept for a while. I've never heard that described, but I can tell at a base level when you describe the water and the fish and the fish and the water, that's a very good way of describing it, an analogy that a human mind can grasp.、Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's ungraspable. Right. Because you consider a soul always as separate, and obviously there's a bit of separation involved in that description. Yes, the illusion of separation. Yes. Where you're thinking in the water, each drop of water is separate from each other drop of water in the ocean, and that's just not true. I, I laugh when people say they're going to drop their meat suit. <laughs> Because actually, no, they're not going to drop their meat suit. Their meat suit is dropping the salt suit. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. Color me. Blown. <laughs> Mind blown. I like that. Every once in a while, like sometimes every day, you can blow my mind. <laughs> And look, Lucy has zero care in the world about that. I know, she d o n t care. She cares more about her fleas. Oh my gosh. I'm sure glad I get to know about the soul stuff. Yeah. It's quite interesting. So, yeah, I've been writing about this stuff since I was 14 years old. The first book did not get published. It's a really good book. I have no idea why I didn't bother publishing it. Okay, I know why I didn't bother publishing it. So, I used to be this type of people who would write stuff, books, short stories, and everything. And the writing was it. And then I would put them in a box and forget about them. And one day my mom came. Over and I just finished writing something. She said, What are you doing? I said, Oh, I'm just writing something. And she said, Can I see it? And she read it and she was like, like that, too. Mind blown. Jaw drop. She says, My God, because she was an avid reader. She, her library, massive library. And she loved fantasy and she loved science fiction. And my gosh, you know, a whole room full of books. And here、yeah, she was, she had a writer as a daughter, you know. And, um, She was like, Have you got any more? <laughs> I said, Oh, yeah, that box film. She says, What? <laughs> oh my gosh. So she said, What are you going to do with it? I don't know. I was just, I was supposed to. Put it in、know. a box? I put it in a box. What do you want you to do about it? She said, Can I take the box? And I said, Because you're going to lose it, aren't you? And I said, Yeah, probably. So she said, Can I take it? And she said, Sure, take it. So she took the box. <laughs> And I think that's the box, my part of the. Oh, that, that first chapter of that novel came from that box originally, I think. Because、mm. she put it under her job. She got a typewriter, an electrical typewriter, and, and one of the first computers that came out in the market in the 80s. 
and one of her goals was to type all the books up because it was handwritten books. They were handwritten. They I never typed them. I didn't have a typewriter or, or a or a computer, so I just write them out. <laughs> so yeah. Interesting. She took them. But and of course, that box is long lost now. Oh my gosh, yeah. I don't know where that box went, but at least my brother saved one chapter of the one of the novels and talks about the origin of the human species. And it was really, really good. I look at it now as an adult and think, my God, you know, a 14 year old wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> and you weren't exactly a 14 year old when you were 14. Oh well. <laughs> So yeah, I'm very fascinated about the, how people have forgotten or they don't see or perceive or feel or sense the origin of the human species. I mean, some do, but I the remember majority don't. in a session you had me look back at the origin. Yes. And um, I remember clearly seeing a petri dish. Uh -huh. You know, it was a scientific mechanical type expression of going through the process of creating the, the body gene, yeah. the body, the design, the components, yeah. the yeah. splicing together multiple things. You know, it was a, a lab thing and it was for a purpose and the purpose was pedestrian. It wasn't a fall or going to save the world or anything like that. Just need a thing to do a this and this thing will do that kind of a process, right? And that question I would ask randomly to, to people and for many, many years, dozens and dozens and dozens of people I asked the same question out of the blue and they would give the same answer. Right, the same answer. All but one person gave that answer. All but one. Isn't that wow. fascinating? That is pretty fascinating. What that other one come up with? Uh, I think they were in the womb. <laughs> oh, they, it was yeah. dark and Watery. Yeah, yeah wa dark and watery. It's a bit red and yeah. it's Sound like an engine running or a yeah. Boop, boop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they kinda went to the beginning of I me myself. Yes, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> that happens. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I thought that was fascinating because at that time it was accessing information that's outside my was outside of my normal, regular, everyday get in my car and drive around life. <laughs> yes. It was connect with a deeper sense of something. Yeah. And let's All see where we see. Exactly. All this information, people have it. They're, your physical body remembers and you as a soul person remembers. Yeah, but... And it's just a matter of remembering, you know? Bringing yeah. that information forth. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, Lucy. <laughs> Lucy's making all those noises. Yeah. I think she's very interested in the origin of human bodies. <laughs> Because they bring like, food. Yeah, more like, uh, yes, trying to dig into the dog bag, <laughs> dog food bag in the back seat. So, you know, I suppose people would be interested to find out how they can access that information themselves. Yeah. Well, for the time being, you can access it through books. I know my books will contain it. <laughs> yeah. And then you can also read that maybe that book that you've been reading to me. That's really fascinating. 
I like yeah, it. It really does explore it from the level of, uh, well, let's just take this premise, and then we're going to go explore it, see if we can find anything that supports it or refutes it. Exactly. It's just collecting evidence and seeing how it matches or disproves the idea. Yeah. And the idea was a very, very strange idea come from a stone in Australia that's uh, named Altringa. The stone has a name, and within it has a memory. And if you can tap into the memory of the stone, it gives you a story. And when you read the Alcharinga story, it doesn't seem even remotely plausible. But if you were to take the story and then write another book, the other book is, let me go around the world and find if there's any evidence to support this far-out story. Mm -hmm. And it turns out, every literally everywhere you look, that comes up. The time is right. And the evidence to support a thing in space turning into liquid crystal and raining down on the planet, that's supported at the same time. And the other parts of the story, there's other asteroids that came from different places, that's supported. And the giant flood and the ice cap, that's supported. I mean, all oh, these things. Oh, another little factoid yeah. is that planet Earth has had humans on it and human civilizations. Multiple times. For millions of years, not just hundreds yeah, not or even thousands, thousands of years, thousands, but millions, millions of years. Of years. Yep. And when you have a earth-wiping event to clean the slate, yep, nobody remembers and none of the evidence exists and you wouldn't even look where it would be. Because if you believe planet is uh, XYZ years old, people have been here for 50,000 years, you definitely don't go looking for people stuff two million years ago. Exactly. <laughs> and if you found something two million years ago, you'd say, well... That's probably a mistake. Yeah. Somebody made it. <laughs> doesn't made fit it the up, narrative. Yeah. Or you, yeah, you shelve it because it doesn't fit. <laughs> What's your cat doing on the road? Oh my gosh, our cat is on the road. Well, welcome to our home. We made it, honey. Welcome to the res. We made it. We made it. Okay. End of the show. End of the show. And Brad no longer is a free spirit. He's got to go. <laughs> Oh, it's Dora. And it's Dora. Yeah, I don't know what, what are they doing, doing there. There must be a mouse or a bird or yeah. something in there. Stop, stop. He's not him. moving out of the way. I see him. That's good. Okay, I'll stop. stop. Okay. Our cats, they just don't get out of the way of the car. They just flop down and come pet me. Oh my gosh. Alright, I'll go and move the cats. Thank you everybody for joining us for another episode of Driving to the Red. Find me at inelevens.com. Yes. Find us with our, one of our tribes at walkwithmenow.com. Walk and that's one of your tribes. Yes, probably. Definitely is. Definitely. Absolutely is. There's probably no question. Definitely. <laughs> it's most likely certain. And for training, ibensacademy.com. Okay. See you soon. Bye.